in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Thanks for being with us. First tonight, Austin Police Chief Joseph Chacon says you may have to wait longer for a response time now that the DPS partnership is on hold. In a statement to KXAN, Chief Chacon says DPS's presence has been critical given the staffing shortages and that APD has several hundred vacancies. He adds without the partnership, emergency call response times will be impacted. He adds DPS has been instrumental in lowering crime rates and while it's understandable they have been moved to border operations, he says it is unfortunate and he looks forward to partnering with them again. Read more of the chief's responses and how APD is working to build its ranks under this story at KXAN.com. Our other top story this afternoon, parents are still left without answers after doctors at Dell Children's Adolescent Medicine Clinic departed last week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marin. And I'm Britt Moreno. Now this all comes following Attorney General Ken Paxton's announcement of an investigation to uncover whether gender transitioning procedures were unlawfully performed on minor children, end quote there, at Dell Children's Medical Center. As KXN's Mercedes Hernandez reports, while the clinic itself remains open, parents and their children's care are now in flux. A lot of disappointment, I think a lot of anger. Yeah. I mean, parents Tom anger. and Joanna Crawford say they were shocked last week when they learned their daughter could no longer see her provider at Dell Children's Adolescent Medicine Clinic. It wasn't just that one doctor was leaving the clinic, it was that all of the doctors affiliated with the Adolescent Medicine Clinic were leaving. The trouble comes as Attorney General Ken Paxton launched an investigation into Dell Children's Medical Center into what his office called potentially illegal gender transitioning procedures on minors. The Crawford's daughter is undergoing hormone replacement related to long-term care after cancer treatment, not her gender identity. And she was the one that made the connection and said, well, technically I'm on gender affirming care, right? We're going to see a ripple effect um, overall in healthcare, I think, for minors because of that. And Emily Witt you know, is with the Texas Freedom Network. Of... She says the heated climate around this type of healthcare could have a bigger impact in Texas. When we pass laws like this, we keep um, talented, competent, passionate doctors from wanting to work in Texas because their ability to live up to their oath and to serve their patients is is becoming illegal. We reached out to the hospital to ask how many doctors are gone and whether they left on their own or were forced out. We also asked the attorney general's office for an update on their investigation. As of the time of this report, neither responded to our requests. In Austin, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. Now, Ascension Seton says it is working to connect families to appropriate health care services. Part of a statement released on Saturday says, quote, we continue to be advocates for the best possible care and treatment for children in Central Texas. That full statement can be found on our website, kxan.com. And just last night, the House approved a change to Senate Bill 14, sending the bill back to the Senate. Now, this is the legislation that would ban transgender minors from getting puberty blockers and hormone therapy. The Senate can now ask for a conference committee to iron out the differences between the bills or just accept the House's changes and send the bill to Governor Greg Abbott. We now know more about the three victims and the two officers shot in Farmington, New Mexico during another mass shooting yesterday. Farmington police say the shooter killed three elderly women, uh, women one in her 90s, the other two women were in their 70s. Also, a Farmington police sergeant and New Mexico State police officer were wounded. Police identified the shooter as 
an 18-year-old high school student. He was killed at the scene. Officers are still looking into the shooter's motive, but they believe the shooting was purely random with no specific person or place targeted. You can find the victim's names under this story at KXAN.com. Meantime, one of the survivors of the mass shooting in Allen, Texas, is speaking for the first time about his recovery and experience. I knew I was um, bleeding profusely, so I um, got out my vehicle and I saw um, a what looked like a security officer um, approaching on his Sedgwick, and um, I ran towards that way. And when I say process, it's a process that's going to continue to be ongoing. Irvin Walker there had just dropped off a friend at the Allen Premium Outlets when he got caught in the gunfire. Walker was shot three times after undergoing a couple of surgeries. He is now on the road to recovery. As we've reported, eight people were killed, including three children. Seven others were injured. Four people remain in the hospital. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, some ominous looking clouds rolling into some areas south of Austin. Here's a live look from our new West Shore home cam in San Marcos. It's warm and cloudy there at 81 degrees. We actually have a quiet cool front that's slowly moving into the Austin area. 70s behind it, lower to middle 80s in front of it. So far, the front has not acted to spark a lot of additional storms, but we're going to be watching in the evening time because I think it will. We got one area of rain south of I-10 sending some boundaries northward. Another area near San Antonio sending some more rain-cooled air into our area as this little boundary we call an outflow boundary moves into San Marcos, Wimberley, and Blanco. Additional storms could really fire up very quickly at any time. Coming up, I'll show you what to expect through the rest of the evening, then drier weather returning. New today, we have a severe storm threat before the week is over. The latest timeline on that. All right, David, thank you very much. The due date to pay the country's debt is coming up fast, June 1st. And today, President Biden met with congressional leaders trying to fend off default. Now it's up to those leaders to find a compromise. NBC's Alice Barr is in Washington with those efforts. Political brinksmanship today in a second critical meeting at the White House as President Biden and Vice President Harris sit down with the top four congressional leaders looking to break the debt ceiling stalemate. It is possible to get a deal by the end of the week. It's not that difficult to get to an agreement. We um, all came to agreement that we were going to continue discussions. The pressure is on with just over two weeks to go before the nation could start running out of money to pay its bills. Economists predict an historic default could make the stock market tank and unemployment spike. The U.S. economy hangs in the balance. Adding to the urgency, President Biden is set to leave tomorrow for G7 meetings in Japan. Though a source familiar tells NBC News the back half of the trip to Papua New Guinea and Australia is canceled to refocus on the default deadline. Earlier today, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy blasted the president for leaving the country. I think the country wants an American president focused on solving American problems. House Republicans already passed a bill to raise the debt ceiling along with massive spending cuts, insisting any final deal must include work requirements for social safety net programs like SNAP food security with both sides dug in. Republican led default um, has us all scared. If anybody's driving us to default it's Joe Biden. The nation is barreling toward an economic calamity but there is hope for compromise in areas like taking back unspent COVID money and setting caps on future spending.
in Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. A specific COVID vaccine isn't available anymore here in the U.S. Why the CDC decided to get rid of it. Plus, what the city of Austin is doing to make sure pools are staffed and ready for the summer surge. But before you jump in, know this. Toxic algae has been found in Austin Lakes. How it grows and what to do if you're near it. The Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine is no longer available in the United States. All remaining doses expired last week and the CDC directed providers to dispose of any they had left over. Nearly 19 million Americans received the J&J vaccine. That's compared to 367 million who received Pfizer's original vaccine and the 232 million who got Moderna's. In April of 2021, the CDC and the FDA recommended pausing the use of the J&J vaccine after it was linked to a rare blood clot disorder. Now that the COVID public health emergency is over in the U.S., the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, those do remain free as long as federal supplies last. Well, Austin Parks and Rec Department is trying to ensure it has enough staff to keep pools open and the parks up and running before schools get out for summer break. And they're doing this with a little bit of cash. Now, depending on the number of hours they work, both lifeguards and summer camp counselors could earn around $750 in bonus money. Operations and maintenance employees may make up to $800 in bonuses. Keep in mind, that's all on top of the $20 minimum wage put in place to help with these staffing shortages. Last summer, the city only opened up half the pools because of a significant lifeguard shortage. The city says it's seeing a surge in applications because of the summer employee bonus program. The Parks and Rec Department told us they've hired half of the 50 seasonal operations and maintenance positions and have received over 1,200 lifeguard applications. Well, so happy to say that a week or more of on and off wet weather has finally led to above average rainfall so far this month in Austin, and it's caught us back up for the year. Keep in mind, though, the rainfall deficit is not just this calendar year. This is a four-year drought. Lake Travis is up eight inches, but it's still more than 30 feet below its monthly average. How much more we may add to that and drier weather ahead coming up. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill are worried about the possibilities raised by rapidly evolving AI technology. But as Basil John reports, some senators say it is necessary to set up rules and safeguards before it gets out of hand. This is not the future we want. That voice was not mine. The words were not mine. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal put the capabilities of artificial intelligence on full display, using the technology to emulate his voice and write a speech about AI. We are on the verge, really, of a new era. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman told lawmakers the quickly evolving tech comes with real risks. My worst fears are that we cause significant, we, the field, the technology, the industry, cause significant harm to the world. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley is concerned about how AI programs could be used to manipulate voters. Should we be worried about this for our elections? We're going to face an election next year and these models are getting better. Uh, I think this is a significant area of concern. Altman called on lawmakers to take steps now to protect Americans from misuse and abuse of the technology. A combination of companies doing the right thing, regulation and public education. Many lawmakers and experts say it may be time to form a new agency to help govern AI and hold companies accountable. Agency or no agency, we need to hold companies responsible. We really don't have much of a defense against the bad stuff and the bad stuff will come. 
These lawmakers and experts also agree it will be better for the U.S. to take the lead on regulations rather than rely on international discussions. Reporting in Washington, I'm Basil John. Going in depth, the Austin Police Department has an AI robot to help streamline non-emergency reports. These are reports for instances that have already happened, like burglary, harassment, and theft crimes that don't require an immediate call to 911. In October of 2021, police asked the public to submit non-violent, not in-progress crimes through 311 or ireportaustin.com instead of calling 911. Our previous reporting shows that helped speed up police response times to emergency calls, but it came at the cost of a non-emergency backlog. APD says this process took much longer with the old system. Well, summer is near and Austin's blue-green algae season is already here. Not only does it look nasty, it's also toxic, and it's already been found in Ladybird Lake and Lake Austin. These algae toxins are contained in the algae itself, meaning exposure happens through ingesting or touching the algae. The city has found it in Ladybird Lake every year since 2019. The Watershed Protection Department will begin adding a special kind of clay to the water in order to reduce the algae in late June. To find out what you should do if you were exposed to this toxic algae, just go to our website, kxan.com. Ugh, that's not yeah. in the prompter, mm. by the way, but ugh, that's my reaction. <laughs> you know, if you have dogs or yeah. kids, you worry about this. And I know that this algae comes from some rainfall. We've had rainfall, right. so what are levels looking like? Well, one of the things that Dr. Brent Bellinger, the city of Austin's algae expert, has told me that we need is a big flush to get all this gunk out. Mm -hmm. We have not yet seen that, even from the rainfall that we've seen. So we got to wait for the next round that's heading our way. Hmm. What the rain did do is moisten up the soil, so it's no longer that dry and thirsty. Next time we get a big rain, we will see more runoff instead of just soaking into that dry sponge. So it did do something, but not really what we need, especially filling up the lakes, right? Here we are with one of the pass-through lakes at a relatively constant level. Ladybird Lake downtown, 81 degrees with a few dark clouds trying to build. An otherwise pleasant and warm day. Pollen count not too bad. Mold may have you sniffling a bit. Grass, though, is low and lower than yesterday. A couple other things, including oak, also in low concentrations. Kind of a complicated and interesting weather setup again today across Texas, although things will calm down after this evening. We got one complex of storms from the southwest trying to come up, another to the southeast. That's the Gulf of Mexico sea breeze trying to come our way. And for the trifecta, if you will, a little cool front that's quietly sneaking through central Texas and into Austin over the next couple of hours. Now, all of these three things are still not leading to really any rain at this point across our 15 counties. But you can see how it's kind of an interesting setup. These storms are starting to make some progress into extreme southern Fayette County, uh, places like Schulenburg and Weimar. As this outflow boundary crosses over you, rain may develop very quickly. Also, southern Blanco and southern Hayes counties. This is a big gust of rain-cooled air called an outflow boundary, and it too may spark a couple storms very quickly, seemingly out of nowhere. The high-resolution models do show a little enhancement in our rain over the next several hours. So even if you're dry right now, you may still get some downpours today. This is most likely in the next several hours from Austin southward. Notice, not too much happening yet at 6 p.m., but once we get towards 7, 8, 9 o'clock here on the timeline, notice a couple of these scattered, very heavy downpours popping up from Austin southward. If you're north of this line, I'll draw across Austin, you're probably not going to get any rain tonight. But if you're south of it, look at this. Our high-resolution models are suggesting that someone could get over two inches of rain. That'll be most likely way down in our southern tier of counties. Most of us not seeing much rain this evening at all.
After that, we completely dry out for a couple of days and temperatures start to rise back to seasonal levels. That means we are in the upper 80s to near 90 on Wednesday and seasonable heat returns even more so on Thursday when more of us hit or top 90 degrees again with dry weather. But on Friday evening, we are tracking another severe storm threat. This is something that we haven't actually seen with the last couple of rounds. This is still four days away, so right now we only get these two risk areas from the Storm Prediction Center and we are just in the possible risk instead of probable. But the timeline, this is going to be important, I know, for your Friday plans. Daytime on Friday really looks quite dry, but on Friday evening in this first stab, some storms may be moving into the hill country, possibly into Austin late. Saturday morning actually looks like the highest likelihood of a few showers and thunderstorms, some possibly strong to severe in our area. After that, though, it's not totally dry. More clouds than sun and a couple showers stick around late Saturday and into your Sunday plans as well, although you can see the rain chances do drop off a bit. Tonight's forecast, calm after dark, 66 degrees with calm winds and some fog by morning. Tomorrow afternoon, partly cloudy, finally no chance of rain for a couple days with a high of 88. 88 turns to 93 by Friday before that late evening severe storm threat. Not only a little rain possible this weekend, but cooler weather from that Friday night front. Pretty comfortable, 82 degrees is all we can do for a high on Sunday. Thank you, David. Coming up, a painkiller now facing new regulations here in Texas. What could change about Kratom? Right now, the massive Sierra snowpack. We go along in a high-tech aerial survey revealing the havoc a summer melt could bring to California. Also, our interview with the CEO of Microsoft about the rapid advances in artificial intelligence tonight. A U.S. Senate committee has approved a bill to research an emerging street drug. The bill, called the Trank Research Act, is meant to develop new testing and research methods to help fight against xylazine. Now, the drug, which is commonly referred to as Trank, is a non-opiate sedative approved in the U.S. for veterinary use. Law enforcement found an illicit fentanyl batch here in Texas with xylazine in it back in March. Reports say it creates opiate-like highs, and those who inject it are at risk of developing skin issues. That's why it's also known as the zombie drug. Senator Ted Cruz and Vermont Senator Peter Welch introduced the bill last month. Cruz told KXAN he hopes researching xylazine will help slow it down before it becomes as prevalent as fentanyl. Uh, for more on the impacts of the drug and for future updates on their bill, just head on over to this story at KXAN.com. Texas is enacting new rules to regulate a drug used for pain called Kratom. It is currently available at stores for Texans 18 and older. Lawmakers passed a measure not banning the substance, but to make sure manufacturing standards are followed. Because Kratom is largely unregulated, those pushing the bill say dangerous compounds could be easily added with little consequence. There are some Kratom manufacturers in uh, the country that don't want to go through the, G the good manufacturing practice, don't want to test their products because it costs money. They're in it just to make a buck. Texas now joins nine other states that have passed Kratom consumer protection bills, with more states looking at similar legislation this year. Five states have total bans on it. Lawmakers sent the bill to the governor's desk. It goes into effect September 1st. Well, coming up tonight on KXAN, it's Night Court at 7, The Wall at 8, followed by The Weakest Link at 9, before KXAN News at 10. Or as always, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin, and now on YouTube TV. Here's where else to find us.
Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.